Hello and welcome back to the Odds On Podcast Cheltenham Festival Special Part 2. If you've not yet listened to Part 1, this was recorded last week and is available to go back and listen again, Uh, so do check out our feed. On to the second and final episode of this podcast, we'll be looking at the third and fourth days of the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, We will hear from National Hunt jockey and Freebets ambassador Tom Bellamy with the second part of his interview coming up. And I'm joined by Freebets racing tipsters Alan Kelly and Charlie McCann. Alan, have you had a good week? Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, better than the weather anyway. But <laughs> hopefully that will improve for next week. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Charlie, how about you? Yeah, good form. Good form. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, yeah. Very, very We've good had form. our first winner from the podcast as well with uh, Coleco, because you two quite fancied that. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, given an inspired ride by Bridget Andrews, I must say. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we she was absolutely sensational on that. It didn't jump as well as um, he had at Warwick, but uh, yeah, very, uh, very good. And let's have uh, let's hope for more of the same next week. Yeah, right. Let's get on. And first of all, we're going to talk about uh, day day three, um, a day that essentially has two feature races uh, with the emergence of the Ryanair Chase over the years. Uh, and that's the race that we're going to kick off with. Uh, so, Ellen, uh, Alan, simple question then. Uh, how impressed were you with Shishkin when he won the Ascot chase? Um, it was difficult not to be impressed. I mean, it wasn't just the style of the victory. It was the fact that the the, the opposition, I mean, the, the, the right two horses finished second and third. I mean, Pig, Pig Dory's done absolutely nothing wrong this season. Obviously, Fakir Dury won the race the previous year. I mean, it just beat them. Hands down. Um, if that Shishkin turns up next week, um, really, it's the, they're all playing for second place, I think. <clears throat> the only thing is, you know, it, there's still that um, doubt in the mind as regards that. You, you can't help but remember Shishkin in the Champion Chase last year, jumping those first couple of fences. I would, if I was... I mean, I wouldn't be backing Shiskin at round about eight to eleven, but I think any, if anybody was backing it, I would, I would, I would be backing it in running rather than before the race. I would want to see it jump those first couple of fences. Um, I mean, I couldn't imagine its price would contract too much, but I would just want to see it in the same kind of form as it was at Ascot. Yeah. So, I mean, it worked really well from the from the get go at Ascot. Um, but um, you know, this is its first run back at Cheltenham again. I, I would just like to see how it. How it gets over this first couple of fences, but um, on its Ascot form, really, it's um, you know can't really can't really be beaten. I think. Yeah, I think that's a good point. The way he, um, he jumped the first, you almost—it sounds a bit silly to say it was so early in the race, but you could sort of see that he he just looked a happy horse from the off in that race. Yeah, yeah. Um, Charlie, how about you? He just wins. He should have been running this race um, this time last year. But it was only Alaho. That prevented after the Clarence House it was, uh, I think, obvious that he wanted a, a a step up in trip. It was the ground, I think, and and, and it came to pass. That's that's not uh, that wasn't Shishkin. If the Shishkin that won uh, is a dual festival winner, as long as the ground's not a bog, he's a, a stone bonk in certainty. It's only twenty six days ago, and it was such a, a, a huge performance from him. But you know, to to me, I, I've been banging on for two years that that he should have been racing over further. Um, and uh, he'll get the chance to prove her in the Champion. But, but I mean, the Ascot chase was sensational. It was, you know, Pick, Pick Dory never missed a beat. He's a top-class horse. He had his ground. He likes to go right-handed. You know, flat track. I mean, you know, he just he just got battered. 
he got battered by him. It would have been fantastic to see Alloa versus uh, Shishkin. It would have been, of course, this is it, it, this was the catalyst, of course, that, that, that made the, the, the change. But the uh, the Tingle Creek showed us early in the season. He's got a two and a half. And a fascinating thing, of course, is I wrote early in the season that he shoot the Marsh Chaser entry is the, the the time they'll probably go up to two and a half miles. This is, of course, before the defection of Alaho. And, of course, Henderson's now come out and said he's going to run in the three-mile one, the bowl, uh, against Clans Oboe. And now, again, as an, an entry fan, I'm, you know, that is mouthwatering to me. And, of course, if that goes according to plan, the King George... Again, I'm not convinced if they get a bog round. I think he's a better horse left-handed and um, Shishkin as well. I, I just wouldn't it be you know great to see him line up in a Gold Cup against maybe Galapin Deschamps uh, and Etel, whoever comes from um, you know the the Brown Advisory. You know whether it may be even um, Mighty Potter, who we'll discuss um, later. In, but that's for 2024. We've got to get 2023s. But Shishkin all the way. Yeah. Um, should we just touch on the ground quickly? Because um, obviously a lot seems to have changed since last week. Um, Doesn't it? The forecast now seems to we seem to have quite a lot of rain. Has this sort of affected any of your selections, or is it you're going to sort of wait wait till the Tuesday now and you'll know exactly what's going on? I suppose. I think it depends when the rain comes. I think the latest forecast is th- the Thursday has to be the um, the more significant rain. Um, but I think it's so unpredictable. I think it's just taking it one day at a time, really. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Charlie? Uh, similarly, I mean, we, we, we say that, you know, what, what and I've known, uh, John Pullen's had a very, very difficult, you know, task. But, but you know, say, for example, today at Wincanton, they put on, I think, 30 mils of, of water in the last week. And, of course, now it's supposed to, uh, you know, to, to rain a lot. And similarly at Cheltenham, this was never expected. And now there's some bits of rain between now every day. There's a possibility, as Alan says, it's it's uh, a sp- spits and spots over the weekend and maybe Monday and, and up to Thursday. But then, of course, it, it Thursday, there's a possibility of heavy rain and, you know, they've they, difficulty with new courses and do they water if there's the, the, the rain doesn't arrive Monday, Tuesday or whatever sorry, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday it, it is a very, very difficult situation but you know, if it does come on Thursday, that really is I think significant for um, for Shishkin because, but, but again, good to soft good to soft, probably even soft ground but you've got to remember, you know, last year it really was that champion chase was on the Wednesday, that really was, you know, in, in uh, ran in a deluge and had rained all all day. I think, granted, let's say good to soft ground. No, Shishkin all the way for me. Yeah, I think the ground the ground was quite bad when he ran down uh, an ergamine at Ascot that time. I think. Yeah, it wasn't it, it, exactly. I mean, he he goes. I think on on soft ground. I think it, it was it was just as you say. It was as Alan and yourself have said that the fact that he was beaten going to the first, not yeah. you know. Jumping the first, he, he went into the first. I think uh, into the first fence in about fifth or sixth, and he lost a you know length. And this is one of the fastest fastest jumpers. So the, you know the, this probably wasn't just the ground, but there's no question at the time. I think they uh, uh, and Nicky Henderson's come out and blamed the ground, but of course that was not when the, the sort of post mortem and the and abnormalities came out. But he was a different horse, um, Ascot last week. I do think you know he, even when he 
He won um, last, not this Christmas, of course, last Christmas at Kempton. I, I thought it was an amazing performance, given that I thought he jumped slightly left as well. This horse is a, an absolute superstar, of course, and, you know, I, I insist it would be great to see him take on Galapante Champs this this um, this year. As it turns out, maybe we're going to wait next year. Yeah, um, I fully agree with both of you. I've just The only thing I've got written down is um, as long as this doesn't come too soon, uh, from that last race. But then I think Alan's point about backing him in play um, could be the way to go. Um, so we're going to move on to the stairs hurdle now, um, a race that looks to be wide open uh, this year, plenty in with chances. Um, Charlie, I'll come to you first on this one. Well, it, uh, here we are the day before Blazing Cow makes his... Uh, uh, and Blazing Cow would be the one for me. In what was, I, I think a lot of people were you know, thinking was going to be a a below par renewal of the race. I think it's a fascinating race now and probably stronger than the two renewals that uh, Flooring Porter has won. But it would be Blazing Carl for me. But of course, this this may be completely redundant because he is having a, 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 a run, a, um, he's working on Friday. I think the Friday before Cheltenham and I think then they will decide, of course, whether he's, um, he's fit enough to take his chance. But it would be for me. But it's not really a, a great punting race. Never has been the stayers hurdler, the stayers hurdle, um, and and that is similarly the case. The one I can't have, and, and I think I mentioned last year, that was Marie's Rock. You get the impression that that I think Middle and Racing want to run Marie's Rock in the mare's hurdle, and Henderson's got Epitome for that now, having uh, got uh, JP to fork out the five thousand to supplement her. Oh, is he going I think to play it in the end? He thinks. I, I think he thinks. Really, I'd like to have Constitution. Constitution Hill in the champion hurdle. I'd like to have Marie's Rock in the stairs hurdle. And I'd like to have Epitont in the, in the Mers hurdle and the possibility of winning all three. I get the impression maybe Middleham are going towards the, and uh, it'll be fascinating to see. We'll know on Sunday, of course, when the declarations for the at the 48-hour stage come out for Tuesday's racing, whether Marie's Rock. But she's the one I can't have. I don't think she's... She, you know, I insist that Rel Keel form and the Mare's Hurdle form last year is is particularly good, but it would be blazing Carl for me, but not a, a strong uh, opinion. Yeah, uh, Alan, how about you? Yeah, I, th I think it's a race that poses more questions than answers, really. Um, I mean, obviously, Blazing Carl was very impressive on its comeback, but it's obviously had its it's had its problems. So you can't be a hundred even even if it passes its test tomorrow, you can't be a hundred percent sure with that. It's going to be spot on next week. Um, the same with Flooring Porter, you know. But um, I don't think it's the fact that it's been beaten twice this season. I think it it sort of comes good at this time of year. Mm. But again, it, it hasn't had the ideal preparation. Um, Tehu Poo, you know, I mean, it it obviously won over the trip um, last time, but that was a pretty weak race. And I'm not sure it's a Tiger horse that would want a real stamina test. Mm. Again, with Marie's Rock, um, I mean, Charlie was saying about Epiton in the Mayor's race. I mean, they've also got Theatre Royal, which was very impressive at, um, at Warwick last time. So, I mean, he's got two leading chances for the the Mayor's race. So, I'm sure Nicky Henderson would want to run Marie's Rock in the stairs. It's a question of whether the owner the owners have the, the seat or whether the trainer does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think it's a wide open, a really wide open race. At a, at a price, I mean, I know um, the French horse won the Cleave Hurdle last time. 
and it's difficult to know what to expect from it um, on this occasion again. But Dashiell Drasher was second in that race. I mean, I've I've always thought the stairs race was probably the the race it um, it should be going for. When you have a look at its record, I mean, it, it's got an unbelievable record at um, both over fences and over hurdles. At um, I mean, just this season alone, it was second in the many clouds behind. Noble Yates, I mean, it finished in front of a hoist in your uh, second in the, the Rel Kale, second in the Cleave Hurdle. Um, I mean, it's last 11 runs, all in top graded races. I mean, it won five, second four times, and third once. The only time it disappointed was when it made a bad mistake at Ascot and pulled up. I mean, I just I just think it's a tremendous horse, Dashiell Drasher. It's, it's one of these horses you can, you can set your watch by. Um, I mean, it loves to ball up with the pace. I'm sure it'll um, it'll either make the run or it'll be in the first two or three all the way. Yeah. And I just think what what's going to be a real test of stamina. Um, I think it ran about twenty five to one. I can see it running a big race. Yeah, that could be a good shout. Um, I, I thought I quite like T. Hooper myself. I just think he's looked happier horse since he's gone up and trip. Um, obviously beat Classical Dream. Uh, needed every yard of that to win that. Um, and then was more impressive in the Gormire. Um, I think my worry with it was the ground because I think they always said it needed a bit of cut in the ground. But now with this rain, I think that could be the one that ends up getting back because it's still around nine to two now. Um, it drifted out actually after when it won the Galmo, it obviously got backed, but it's drifted since I think because people thought the ground was going to be quite quick. But I think with this rain, I could see that getting backed in again. Um, but yeah, I completely agree. I think this looks really open. Um, we should just what, what, if it did rain as well. If it did rain, Joe, I do think that that would uh, compromise its chance of flooring Porter somewhat. And I, as you say, I, I I disagree with Al. I think Tiupu would. I think he'll go off favourites if it's if, it, if it's soft ground. Um, I, I think he or, or Blazing Carl. I think he, he or Blazing Carl um, will win. But uh, it's interesting, Dashiell Drasher. I think a lot of uh, shrewd uh, punters have put up Dashiell Drasher as an alternative as well. I must say, uh, in agreement with Alan. But uh, as you say, I, I think if the rain arrives, I think there'll be a lot of money for Tiupu. Yeah. Have, have you got any thoughts on Paisley Park while we're on this race? Well, I just think it's had its day now. Um, you know, I think uh, it was well big behind the French horse in the claim last time. I'd be very surprised if it makes another comeback. Yeah. So you think 16 to 1's about, about right for Paisley? Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, then. So the day kicks off with the Turners Novice Chase, um, a race that would save a lot of travelling if this was run in Ireland, looking at the likely runners. Uh, we've got Mighty Potter um, at the top of the betting, uh, free from pre over fences, uh, so impressive at the uh, Dublin Racing Festival. Uh, I just thought he always looked in a lovely rhythm that day. Um, I mean, he looks a class class angle on here. So I think he's really difficult to pose, especially now we've had uh, this bit of rain. Um, Alan, I'll come to you first. Um, are you with the favourite or are you going to try and take him on? Yeah, I'm with the favourite. I mean, it's it's impossible um, It's impossible to oppose. I mean, it's already beaten Banbridge this season. I mean, it's beaten uh, uh, Gallopant um, Mesnil twice. Um, the form looks absolutely rock solid. Um, obviously, it's a novice chase, so it, you know it has to it has to put in a good round of jumping. It has made one or two mistakes in the past, but its form looks 
you know, it looks um, way above anything in the race, I think. The, um, I would say at a bigger price, I mean, one, I've already had a bet in the race, and that was um, Balco Coastal. I backed it at uh, 25s after it got bait off um, Jerry Colombe in the Silly Isles. I just think after that race, I thought it's got to go for the Turners. Um, I mean, it looked like winning that race until jumping the last and basically just got outsteered up the run in. Um, I think if the if the British horses, I think it'll come out in top. But, you know, obviously the Irish have got such a strong hand here. You know, yeah. I mean, Mikey Potter should win, but then you've got Bambridge, appreciate it, possibly Mr. Gerhardt. Yeah. Um, they've got really, really strong hand. But just at a price, I think Valpour Coastal is probably the... I mean, it's, it's obviously the 25s is not available now, but I think you can still get 12s. Do you um, let, he's, I think he's entered in the uh, one and a hand, the plate, isn't it? I think. Yes, but I think... Hopefully, Dickie Henderson was he was wanting to run it in the Turners, but yeah, okay, yeah, still um, fourteen to one, but that's top price. It's tens and eights in some places now, um, yeah. so that could be a good each way shout. Uh, Charlie, how about you? I think, I think, sorry, I think Henderson's come out earlier this week and said he does run in the Turners, and he, he certainly wants him to run in the Turners. He thinks he's a top class horse. He thinks going left-handed will. Uh, suit him more than it was a sand down last time. And if you think Jerry Colombo is a good thing for the Brown Advisory, I think that's nailing good form. That said, um, Mighty Potter, to me, I've already mentioned the 2024 Gold Cup. There, there is only one thing. I think if if Mighty Potter, the one that turns up that's thrashed, and it did thrash Banbridge 20 lengths uh, at Furry House, the one that won at Leopardstown turns up, um, he wins. It's as simple as that. I couldn't, I couldn't be bothered about how good Bambridge is, and he's a good and nailing good uh, horse, as is appreciated. He look, he will appreciate the step up to two and a half miles. But Mighty Potter is a superstar. There is the one nagging doubt: is what happened at Cheltenham this time last year? If you, he, he went to this the start like a drunk, you know, and he, he hit the, um, the the railings. He was badly behaved. It's the one thing: is the travelling. That we've, um, you know, and but that apart, if you see on the day that he's relaxed and he's going down to the start, and as you say, Joe, with the forecast, sorry, I, I think this is, I think this is a superstar, and uh, a superstar in a very, very to me, I Balco Coastal is a, a nailing good horses. The others we've mentioned are good horses, in my opinion, um, but no, this is a superstar, and uh, Mighty Potter for me is one of my bankers of the week. Yeah, well summed up there, I think. So there are four other races on day three. We've got the Per Temps, the Festival Plate, uh, the Mayor's Novice and the Kimya. Um, we've not got the time to go through each one. So I'm just going to come to you, Charlie, and just say, is there anything um, standing out in any of them races that's catching your eye? Uh, Lucia is a superstar. Um, she is. Um, she will take on the boys. And Nico de Boinville has wanted to take on the boys all year in and that is against you know the, the likes of Fasil Vega etc and Marie Nationale in the Supreme she will go to Waintree and take them on all things being equal she is to me a, you know a really is an absolute uh, absolute superstar and I'll be so disappointed if she gets beat if the rain doesn't arrive as well in the Potomps I'm I'm a big fan of John Joe's Antelure and if you know he, he's got He's waited, in my opinion, to, to reverse the form with the um, the favourite in the Potemps. But that will be one now. I think if you haven't been involved, do wait for the day. 
Um, but no, I, I think Lucia, uh, uh, Lucia and the Mighty Potter are, are are big big horses for me. I think they are two absolutely standout horses. Yeah, Alan, how about you? Well, Char- Charlie's just beat us to the gun there <laughs> with uh, with Antelier. Um, I mean, I've I've fancied this for the Potem since last October. Um, he ran it. In, he ran it in the John. Well, I mean, first of all, John Joe's the leading uh, trainer in the Potems. He's won it four times. Um, he ran Antelier in the qualifier at uh, Cheltenham's October meeting, and it finished third behind Shoot first, which is now three to one favourite for the race. It's seven pound better off, and uh, I think it was beaten just over two lengths. And um, obviously, John Joe's just put it put it to one side now with this race in mind. Um, but I mean, it's you know, it's it's consistency. I mean, it's run twelve times in the last two years. It's won seven. Um, it's finished second three times, third once. That was in the the Cheltenham race. And um, the only time it's been unplaced is unsighted its rider at the first after being unsighted. Um, I mean, it's just got you know, obviously the Irish have a cracking. Um, Record with, you know, shoot first, Maxim, uh, Percival, Legellus, they've all got big chances, but I just think uh, Antel uh, has a lot going for it. Um, I think I think if John Joe's going to have a winner at this festival, it'll be it. Yeah. yeah. Joe, if I may, just, just uh, and handicaps all over the handicaps, and you know, you're getting more and more excited. But the, the Kim Yor, if you've backed the favourite Stump Town, Two years ago, Gordon Elliott had the favourite in this race, and it was Mount Ida. And she jumped the first right-handed, like you, you, it, she couldn't possibly win. She yeah. couldn't anyway. She won half the track, despite jumping every every fence, every fence out to a right. Now this stump town. If you see her two chase wins, his two chase wins recently, he is going to jump right-handed as well. Now, he'll have to have, in my opinion, £10 in hand to win this. I, you know, I, I saw that, that, that Sandown race, and of course, the form being franked by uh, Lucinda's uh, horse winning, uh, doing us a favour at Weatherby earlier in the week. Um, it's not, it, but I just wonder, I think he's more of a Bet365 Gold Cup horse or an Irish national horse. But do have a look at that. And again, Alan was talking about maybe betting in running. Do look to see maybe if Stumptown. And I've got what that, I, I like John Joe's Mumbeg genius. He's in the Ultima as well. I would imagine he will run in the Kim Muir. Uh, I, I don't think, I've not seen any jockey bookings for it though, for the Kim Muir. And I think hopefully John Joe's got uh, a good amateur lined up. Um, but yeah, that would be for me. I'm, I'm quite keen on on uh, on Mumbeg, uh, Mumbeg genius. But do have a look at Stumptown and that race at Sandown last time and jumping right-handed. Yeah, love it. Um, just one I'll touch on back to the Pertemps. I, I do quite like Maxim for this. Um, I thought he was really impressive um, at Leopardstown over Christmas. He clocked a really good time figure that day. He obviously went up eighteen pound um, and then disappointed, but. He had a really bad trip in, in that race, in the Dublin Racing Festival. I think he's a lot better than that. Um, and sort of, if he can get back to form, I think he's around 15 to 2. I think that's a good each way bet. Um, I agree with uh, Lucia, Lucia in the uh, Mayor's Novice. Um, I think you'd want to see her jump a bit better, but I think the fact that she's still been winning as impressively as she has, 
um, says a lot about the engine she's got, I think. Um, I backed night and day for that at 14 to 1, but uh, Simon Muneer um, came out uh, yesterday and said that she's not going for the race now, which was disappointing. Um, there was just one at a bigger price, I quite like Foxy Girl um, did a good time at Limerick, is around 16 to 1, so I think the form's worked out well. Um, ties in with Liberty Dance, um, so that could be a good each way play. Um, but yeah, I think that's day three wrapped up. Um, so now it's time to hear the thoughts of Tom Bellamy. He's going to talk through days three and four of the meeting, um, including uh, his thoughts on Paisley Park and also what he fancies in the Gold Cup. So we're going to move on to day three. Uh, two feature races on day three of the meeting. Uh, we've got to begin with Paisley Park in the stairs. Um, how is he? Yeah, he's good. Um, I actually wrote a bit of work with him this morning. Uh, Barry Fenton, his partner, rides him every day, and uh, he's uh, seems in fantastic form. He's happy with him, and um, you wouldn't think he's the age he is. Watching him go around the place, he looks he looks great, and he relaxed the, the idiot of the yard sometimes. <laughs> and uh, he uh, yeah, he's a, he's a real good nick. And when he won at Kempton over Christmas, like it's just incredible, like what he can still do and. Yeah. He, you know, he's a little bit hit and miss if you're being ultra critical um, obviously he came out next time and got beat but I wouldn't be surprised to see him run a massive race really wouldn't yeah lovely um, it seems like the Irish have obviously got a strong grip um, is there anything out of them that's sort of sticking out um, as who you think will take the beating or the danger what well, is really wide open I genuinely I'm not going to sing one up because I just think it, I, I could name it the first Five or six in the best, and make you know make cases for all of them. So I, I think it's a wide open race. But like I obviously personal reasons would love to see Paisley on a massive race. Yeah, um, a race earlier we've got the the feature the Ryanair. Um, obviously Shishkin uh, over the longer trip uh, demolished the field in the Ascot Chase. Um, do you think it's a case of him just turning up when he wins this? Um, and what sort of price do you think he could go off? Um, he's around evens now um, for the race. Uh, like how impressed was you with the Ascot run? Uh, immensely impressed. Yeah, uh, I thought it was incredible. And, uh, I, I sort of, I don't read Twitter too much, but I read on Twitter that uh, uh, it said, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, Nicky Henderson running over the wrong trip all these years. Like, you've got to remember this also, like, he's, he's older now. Um, we all slow down in every sense as, as we get a bit older. And uh, that's all it is. And as, as I said about Money Circle earlier, like, you're just doing everything a little bit slower. He probably still jumps as well as he has always done. Yeah, I think how easy he's doing that now. He's taking getting extra air into his lungs at every fence. And he just looked more comfortable. Rhythm, his group, didn't it? Just from from flag four, you just knew he was not necessarily winning, but you just knew he was back. And you know, yeah. yeah. I know he had his big problem after the champion chase, didn't he? But he um, he watched it that day, and he just again from flag four, you knew it wasn't happening. So I think yeah. I think he's right back. Look, Nick Henderson's an absolute master at. Uh, training isn't he and uh, yeah, I think he's done an incredible job to get the horse back to, to that peak and yeah. if he turns up like he did at Ascot they will not say yeah definitely um, it just makes you wonder why people sort of doubt uh, Henderson with these with these types That's of hilarious. every time yeah. <laughs> yeah oh why has he pulled him out uh, because he knows what he's doing with the horse exactly yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, right so let's move on to the fourth and final day obviously Gold Cup day um, again, you know, probably an easy question. If you could ride any horse, who do you think you'd be on? 
boring answer, galloping for chumps. Yeah. Um, just a little bit like I said about constitution, he just does everything that a jockey would want him to do. Um, other than when he fell <laughs> in the turns. Um, yeah, but, I mean, that's bizarre, though, isn't it? How he came down after the. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, that was just one of, completely one of those things. No one's fault, he just fell over. Um, what do you think that, what, like, can you explain that a little bit, sort of from a jockey perspective, or? Yeah, so, look, put, like, I know, I know he got a state in after it, like like we all do when things go wrong, but um, yeah. he did nothing wrong in my head. He, he went, he was on a nice stride, asked the horse to go and take it. The horse went into it, you know, it wasn't like he asked him put in an extra one or he didn't ask him he came up it, it was they were in sync you know on yeah. the same wavelength the horse came up he winged the fence landed a touch speed maybe the legs were a little bit more tired than they were earlier in the race he just yeah didn't have the strength to sort of hold himself up he literally did just fall over that's all it was yeah yeah we've all done that on a saturday night a few times you know we know how it feels <laughs> oh definitely <laughs> um from a British point of view, um, we've got Brave Man's game. Uh, Paul Nichols is obviously our main contender. Uh, we've not we've not won the race since 2018 with Native River. Um, do you think the Nichols runner uh, can run a big race, or do you think it's heading back to Ireland? I think it's heading back to Ireland. To be honest, um, I hope he can for for Britain's sake, but um, it's not to be easy. He's only actually been to Cheltenham once before when he disappointed uh, yeah. in the novice hurdle. Channel, oh, was it the oh, Bob, Bob Oninger, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and he's sort of, every, everything he's done has all been on flat track, um, which is yeah. a little bit of a worry. But like, can't really say he doesn't have around Cheltenham. Like I say, he's been one. Can't judge it on that. But I'd, yeah. he's only been back there. Oh, sorry, this is his first time back there, which is a little bit of a worry because course form is very important. But um, he's also, in the past, done everything early in the season. You know, the first half of the season he's been at his yeah. best usually. Um, just stats wise, looking back through all of that, got to have his opposing goals. Yeah, um, I mean, look, he's looked better than ever this year. That's it. Yeah, like, what did you make of like the King George run? Do you think, you know, if you stay that trip, it gives you a chance in the Gold Cup, or do you just think it's a completely different test for those? It's, it is a completely different test in the sense, yeah. you know, it's the other way around. It's undulating track but that said like to, some people get get sort of drawn into the King George being a, an easy three miles and it, it really isn't because you, I remember Ruby saying one day oh, I watched an interview with him this so round Cheltenham you're up and down so in that sense it's it's stiff because you're, you're going a lot of it's uphill and you finish up yeah but you've got to remember when you go downhill that's horses freewheeling getting lots of air into their lungs you go to Kempton there's no let up at any stage Jump yeah. off at a fierce gallop and you do not stop. Yeah. And it's sort of last man standing. In that sense, he, in the King George, he was the only one that kept going. You know, he, he had them all beat. Well, that's it. I had they turned into straight. Before that, but I mean, the way he almost went again, didn't he, at the finish and pulled yeah. away? Um, he galloped him into the ground. But yeah, by this standard, yeah, and did a few of those underperform possibly that day? I don't know. It's hard to say. You know, you had your Lahon Press was the sort of challenger down over the three out and two out, and then I know I'm seated, but yeah. he's probably at his best on soft ground. It wasn't that soft that day. Yeah. I just thought there was more question marks over others that day than him. He was he was the he was entitled to win and he did win. Yeah. He did win very impressively. 
Yeah. Is that going to be strong enough for this? I'm not sure. Did you read much into like the trip he got as well? Because you know they sort of said he got caught wide. Like to me, I think I felt like that kept the horse interested the whole way. Like if it it could have been a plus almost. I mean, yeah. Sounds a bit silly, but no, and it kept like it, that can be read into a lot as well. You know, like as in when horses give away a bit, like some horses just enjoy to do that. They like room, yeah, they like yeah. space, they like to be able to see their fences. Yeah. Sometimes you know, down the end of following horses, it can be the worst place because you're not able to use your jumping. Um, yeah. You know, you go and jump a fence really well, you have to pick a pull to get them back off the heels in front of you. So yeah. I think Harry Rowan, as he should have, and, and yeah. it, it worked perfectly. So I'd imagine he'll do something similar in this. I suppose as well, it's going to come down to the, the ground we get. Um, if it's sort of good to soft, that probably makes him much more of a player than if it came up bottomless, do you think? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, and, and I, I think yeah, when it get when it when a gold cup soft ground, it doesn't suddenly change it quite a lot. It's like it's a different sort of, race, yeah, it is. It is, yeah, and and it becomes a sort of almost a, a national to watch in a, in in a sense. It's it's a slog and it's a ten last man standing type thing. Whereas uh, it, I just think when it's when it does go bottomless like that, it just take the class out of it. It's still a gold cup by all means. The best horse usually still you know. Yeah. Day in, in the wins, but I just I, I you know to see it, it make it fair for everyone and get a fair result. Good. Well, that's uh, it. I think Mullins must be laughing because if it comes up um, bottomless, that Statler is probably going to have a great chance. Yeah, that's got, right. Actually, yeah, it's on top ground. Yeah, I've got that written down here. Yeah, yeah. a good price to, to go. You know, each way price really. So, um, yeah, but that that would be a very much if it's soft. Yeah. Um, the day obviously kicks off with the triumph. Is there anything uh, from the four-year-old division uh, that's caught your eye this season? Um, I've got written down I think, comfort zone. I, I feel I just wide open really, and it's, it's yeah. that's definitely going to be Irish dominated in my opinion. I think it'll be yeah. first four or five places to be honest. Um, it's yeah. been a tough old year for the juveniles over here because I don't think we've got a standout good one. You know, last year we had nice salute and things like that. Yeah. Obviously, ride a lot for Alan King, and I think like I've ride a few winners through the season on juveniles, and then you know you get excited about one or two of those. Yeah. It's so quiet this year. I don't think he'll have a runner in it. So that sort of says it all for me, like about the, the strength of the English juveniles this year. Yeah. Do you think there's a reason for that? Like, is it uh, like the weather? Do you think, or is it just he hasn't just got he hasn't got the quality this year? I think we've got it this year, to be honest. No. Um, it'll change next year. Going to have five runners in it, so it's it's, yeah. it's not. Um, not worry, but it's just a quite old year for them. Yeah. Um, as for the rest of day four, is there anything you're looking forward to seeing uh, that we haven't mentioned or potentially any rides? Just one that I thought was worth mentioning. I obviously rode um, Lieutenant Rocco for Sid Hosey at the weekend. He's got a yeah. horse running in the Albert Bartlett schools. Rock my way. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he's surprised everyone and ran really well. Uh, was beaten by Twisted's horse. We've all oh. been caught first time on the channel. Yeah. Yeah. And then he went back there on trials day and won. Um, he won the Nemshire or the Ballymore trial. And uh, he's stepping up to three miles for this. And I just thought everything about that horse looks like that's what he wants. You know, he finished with his ears pricked and, and he looks ultimately a galloper, not a middle distance. Yeah. Like, you know, if you turn into a sprinter over the middle distance, trouble. So, I think that. It could be a crueler than Albert Butler, and it looked like to me 
that would suit him. He looks yeah. the best in the British in that, but whether that's good enough, I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah, that's interesting then. Um, and then just to round off the chat, uh, we'll end with two two questions. Uh, firstly, if you could ride any horse at the Cheltenham Festival, I mean, we've probably been over this really, um, what would it be? Constitution Hill, definitely. <laughs> Um, and yeah. lastly, could you give our followers one that you feel slipped under the radar, possibly, or a dark horse? Uh, yeah, so in the, the Mayor's Chase, I think that's on the, is that on the Friday as well, I think? Uh, yeah, the Mayor's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so, uh, Dan Scouts or Galia de Litter, Litter or Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry if that's pronounced wrong, but you know the horse. Um, yeah. <laughs> as it looks really classy, won a couple of uh, listed races early in the year, or a little listed race early in the year. Yeah, and then went to went and took on McFabulous and Time Hill and all those in the, the three mile grade one over Kempton and jumped horrendously. I don't know what went wrong. I think oh, I don't know if the sun was blamed or something was wrong. And it was landed in the middle of fences and just looked like it had all gone wrong. Um, went back to Warwick next time. Looked back to her best. Um, yeah, for me, she's she. I rode against her at Bangor the first time she won, and that was on heavy crown. She went. Well, the whole race was running quite fast and she just like she jumped in off two out. I think she's got an awful lot of class. Um best form is when there's cut in the ground so again weather dependent but I think it's around twelve to one so a, a good each way price for the scammers. Yeah. I think you could still you could get sixteens on that still. Um, oh they are sixteen even better. That that could be a great each way play against the uh, I think so yeah. 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 Lovely. Uh, all right then thanks Tom. Uh, really appreciate your time and best of luck. Thanks for having me. Cheers. So that was Tom Bellamy speaking with us, uh, rounding off his thoughts on the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, we're now going to move on to day four with Alan and Charlie, uh, the final day of the festival, and of course, Cheltenham Gold Cup Day. It's the feature where we start. Uh, Galloping Deschamps heads the market. Um, he's a best price, 15 to 8 at the time of recording. Um, despite being a strong favourite, there will be plenty uh, that fancy their chances in here, including last year's winner. Um, Alan, do you think uh, Galapin Deschamps is the one to beat um, or are you going for something else? Um, well, it probably is the one to beat, but I am going for something else. I mean, if, if you go back to the start of the season, um, the anti-post betting was about 72 each of two. Uh, Galapin Deschamps and A-plus Tard. Obviously, the, now there's something like 15 to 8 and 15 to 2 because of what's happened since then. And um, I just think... A plus Tard is still the forgotten forgotten horse. You you go back to last year and those two victories in the the Betfair Chase and the Gold Cup um, were just absolutely outstanding. I, I mean, won the two of them by a combined total of thirty seven lengths. I mean, it obviously the big neg negative is it's running the Betfair Chase this season. But I mean, that was too bad to be true. You know, there, there was obviously something wrong with it. And we haven't seen it since. But I can't imagine that Henry de Bromhead would send it to Cheltenham if he didn't think it was spot on. Um, I mean, when it won the Gold Cup last year, you know, I mean, the result was in doubt going to the last it ended up winning 15 lengths. Yeah. That was a stress run for nearly three months. So the fact that it hasn't run since the Betfair Chase, I don't think that will count against it. And I just think just the difference in price between the two of them, I don't think there's a lot between the two of them. If the A-plus Tard turns up, who won the race last year, I think it'll win it again. Um, Gallop and Deschamps won, done absolutely nothing wrong. I mean, the only time it was beaten was in the Turners last year when it should have won. Um, it's difficult to fault 
the only the only thing against it is its price. Um, you know, I wouldn't wouldn't like to be backing um, a horse at fifteen to eight in what I think you know is a fairly open Gold Cup. Yeah, I'm just gonna have a quick look what price um, a plus tar went off last year for it. Um, three to one. Um, so yeah, if you're looking at it from that aspect, you could sort of argue that galloping is a bit on the short side. Um, Charlie, how do you see the race? Well, uh, Plutard, of course, um, was going to run in the Irish Gold Cup, but of course uh, failed the vet in the morning or, or whatever. It didn't he couldn't get off his box. So it's it's not as if it hasn't really been the plan uh, since the Bedford chase. He, you know, he was well enough to run. It was just a, a complete minor hiccup. A Plutard is is I think would win eight out of ten. Um, Cheltenham Gold Cups. He did win. Uh, he won last year. Manello Indo, I would argue, is the forgotten horse. But of course, he, when he came down to two out last year, Manello, I knew I said to, to people, Manello Indo was one. I didn't think anything could could do what uh, a Plutard did to it. Not just beat it, to pick him up and carry them and carry the rest of them. This is a this is a, a better race, a stronger race. I mean, you Alan quotes what um, a Plutard did last year. Quite, quite rightly, the, the winning distances. Galopin de Prichamp has won three grade ones by 40 lengths, over 40 lengths so far this season. This is a this is a freak. He's not jumped as well as he did in his novice season. Whether he jumped beautifully, I think, in the Jean Durkin, but the other, the other two haven't been that impressed. But you know, they couldn't pull him up after the, the line last time. You know, forget that the stamina that will be quoted, you know, um, between now and, and post-time on Friday, next Friday. He, he, That's not an issue, I don't think, the stamina, unless, of course, it becomes a bog when maybe horses like Stadler might come into it. But he, he's a superstar, but he'll have to be, to beat, as Alan says, a Plutard. If the Plutard of last year turns up, because that really was not just visually, I'm sure it was an absolutely top-class performance but uh, I'm in, I'm massive Galapin Deschamps fan, and I think he'll win the Gold Cup. Yeah, um, I've just got written down that that DRF form uh, with Statler second, I could easily see that playing out again. Um, I, I, I think you'd want the rain to come for Statler to run a big race, um, but he is a horse I like a lot. He won the four-miler last year, well, three miles, six, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know he stays well. He's got an extra couple of furlongs. Uh, he goes well at Cheltenham. Um, I think he's around nine to one still, so I think he could be a good each way. Um, just touching at the bigger prices, obviously Ahoy Senor beat uh, Noble Yates and Protectorat in the Cotswold chase. Um, I think he's quite a hard horse to catch right. Like Clearly he's got tons of ability, but does he always channel it? Um, if he's on a going day, could either of you see Ahoy Senor running a big race? Well, I mean, the one doubt... I mean, I love a horse, Senor. I would love to see it win the Gold Cup. But for me, you need... To win a good Gold Cup, you need four things. You need class, you need pace, you need stamina. And probably most important of all, you, you, you need to be a good economical jumper. You know, I don't like to see a horse too exuberant in the Gold Cup. Really, you just need to get from one side of the fence to the other with using as little energy as possible. That's where a horse, Senor, falls down for me. It either jumps too high or it jumps to the right. And, you know, it might not seem a lot, but if you add up all of those little bits of extra effort it's using uh, over the distance, that's that for me, that's what counts against it. 
Um, but I love the horse. I would love to say it run a massive race, but I just feel it's jump, jumping. I'll probably let it down. Yeah. Uh, Charlie, how about you? I mean, it's, it's a very, very good horse. I couldn't care with exactly what Alan said. You, you, I, I think you've also got to I'd throw in a fifth fact. You've got to have a bit of luck in a goal. Certainly, if there's going to be 10 or more runners, you, you do need you, you do need a bit of luck. But I, I do think, I don't think Galapin de Champs needs good luck. He just needs to avoid bad luck. Yeah. And that, that would be my interpretation of what is, you know, quite rightly, um, the blue ribboned race of the festival, you know, and and the great thing is, I, I do think that this is a very very good Gold Cup. Whether we say that in six months' time, I, I do think maybe we say that every time in the week leading up to the Gold Cup. But when you, you you've got the likes of Harry Gelton still being kicking himself for he reckons he left um, protector at short. We've got a Grand National winner, isn't that wonderful to say? We've got a Grand National winner in the Gold Cup. We have, may have a potential Grand National winner for next year in Statler in the field. As well, but uh, if there is an equine superstar, sorry, that's not taking out anything of, of a Plutard's extraordinary performance last year. I'm in the Galapande Shunk fan. Yeah, I think both of you summed that up really well. Um, I think before I get to one, two, three in the race, I think we should just touch on Brave Man's game because he is second favourite for the race. Um, personally, I've got written down, I do like the Hawks, but I just I think he's going to struggle to see it out. It's a different test to Kempton. And if this rain does get in the ground, um, I think he's already got excuses for it. But I just want to see what you two think think on it. Alan? Well, I, 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 sorry, sorry, Al. Oh, sorry. I'm just going to say that I'm still not totally convinced Cheltenham's its course. Um, I mean, there was absolutely nothing wrong with its victory in the King George. But... Um, for me, it's still got to prove it's capable of, of winning a Gold Cup. I mean, it's you know, it's an extra two furlongs, and I, I just think that that'll probably count against it. Especially if it had been an extra two furlongs at Kempton, might have been a different matter, but not at Cheltenham. Yeah, uh, Alan, let's just get your one, two, three actually while we're on, we're on you. Uh, one, two, three, A plus Tard, Galloping Deschamps, and I think Statter will probably stay on to be third. Yeah, Charlie. Galapin de Champ and Plutard and Statler. <laughs> and just uh, your thoughts on Braveman's game quickly? Uh, a fabulous performance in the King George. I, for two miles and three quarters, was shouting at um, Harry Cobden because he was in the wrong position with regard to um, L'Empresse. When they when they lined up, why did I know that he was going to jump? L'Empresse has to jump out to the left. And why did Harry Cobden? And I just screamed at everybody I was with that this is ridiculous. Anyway, for two two and three quarter miles, I felt sorry for myself because he's run a great race and he's not, he can't get home. Um, if he'd have been lined up inside uh, L'Empresse, he'd have won the King George by 20 lengths. And what would we be saying then? Mm. I just um, that said, I don't think you'll get up the hill. I think you'll run a you know a, a fabulous race, but um, you know I, I do think if he and uh, Clante Zobo were in different, I, I wonder if Brave Man's game would be kept for Aintree and that bet for Bow. I think that's his, his his next quarter call. That's where I think he should have won his Grade One. Um, but that said, I was very very impressed with him. At Kempton, he couldn't. You know, when you when you think he was being carried left at every one of his fences, and still had enough resolve and reserve 
to get home, albeit the fact, of course, that the um, L'Empresse fell um, when beaten at the last. Yeah, um, I'll just add in my one, two, three. So I've got uh, Galopin de Champs. Uh, I think Statler might chase him home. And then I've got uh, Ahoy Senor in third. Um, so the first race on Gold Cup Day is the Triumph Hurdle, uh, the four-year-old grade one. Uh, two horses from the Mullins yard head the bet in with Blood Destiny and Lossy Mouth. Um, we still don't know who Townend is going to pick. There's been a few things on Twitter going around that he was going to ride Blood Destiny. Now it seems to have swayed back to uh, Lossy Mouth. Um, I suppose whoever he picks is going to go a favourite. Um, Alan, do you think it's between the two runners or are you looking at something at a bigger price? I think the Irish will win it. I'm not sure what with, though. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm more in the Blood Destiny camp rather than Lossy Mouth. I thought, I thought too much was made of um, of its last run at the Dublin Racing Festival there. I mean, it was interfered with, but I still think that uh, Gala Marceau finished well on top at the finish. I'm not, I'm not convinced uh, Lossy Mouth can turn the tables on it. Uh, Blood Destiny has been very impressive winning both of those uh, races this season. Uh, but in France, it was beaten by Bo Zenith, the horse of Gary Morse, who started long odds off at Sandown on its um, first run in this country and got absolutely annihilated. It has won since then, but I think it's the Irish will win it. But as I say, I'm not sure what with. Uh, comfort Zone is sure to run its usual game race. I just think it might find one or two too good. Um, but that's about it, really. I'll yeah. reserve judgment until later of the time, I think. I quite like that comfort zone as well, but then it, it narrowly beat Scriptwriter, didn't it? And Scriptwriter's not really done much for that form. Um, but he's still a 10 to 1 chance, so he might be good each way. Uh, Charlie, how about you? Well, I think it was David Casey who's who's put the spanner in the works here at Ch- uh, Cheltenham Preview Night. He's the, he's the one person who does seem to have told Paul uh, Townend that he's going to ride. Uh, Blood Destiny, and now, of course, Townend's been on panels and he said he's going to ride Lossy Mouth, or intimated he's going to ride uh, Lossy Mouth. I think Lossy Mouth will will win. I think Lossy Mouth will win quite easily, actually. Um, I, I really do. I, I I disagree totally with what Alan said. I think if, if Gallimate, um beats him again, I, I'll, I'll sing You'll Never Walk Alone, or whatever you want me to, to, to do. He, there's absolutely no chance of that. Uh, Lossy Mouth was badly interfered with about three or four times. Um, I, I also couldn't have um, Willie Mullins's post-race um, talk. Then he said that Townend should have been easier on the mare and she should have come home in her own town. This is a grade one race where punters of, you know, and, and the owners as well. I know there is only one triumph hurdle, but it was a grade one race. And I, I thought I thought she ran a, a, a tremendous race. And of course she wasn't... Um, gaining after the last but of course she'd used up so much petrol to get there um i thought you know it was a cock up of a ride by town end i would be staggered if he got off the horse for you know basically you know david casey who may ride um <clears throat> blood destiny for all i know on the gallops but he he has been the one he's been the catalyst for saying that he thinks this is a better horse he thinks it'll go off favors and he thinks it'll win and of course, for those uh, you're not familiar, David Casey, of course, is a is is a, a, a pivotal cog at the Willie Mullin stable, and of course, used to be a top class rider. But lossy mouth for me. Yeah, uh, just touching on Blood Destiny, I've read somewhere that um, 
Well, it all depends on whether you take into account times and things like that. But apparently it clocks a similar time to what Arconor did before he won the triumph. Um, and I think that's what's thrown a sparring in the works with it. Because I think, I, I agree with you, Charlie, I think Paul's always favoured Lossy Mouth throughout. Um, but after what happened in the Dublin Racing Festival, um, has it sort of made him question, you know, question things and he thinks to himself, well, this horse is unbeaten, clocking really good times. Do I jump shit? Um, or does he have a point to prove? But I think it's going to be really interesting uh, to see how, who he rides and how it plays out. Um, yeah, I, I'm not convinced about his jumping, but <clears throat> I didn't think he jumped out particularly well at, uh, at Fairy House. But as you say, clock watchers have said, um, I mean, it's obviously a, you know, a, a, another very, very, very good horse. I, I was more impressed than others, I think, with Lottie Mouse's performance in defeat last time. Yeah. Um, so the Albert Bartlett is the other grade one uh, on the day. It comes just before the Gold Cup. And this is a serious uh, stamina test over three miles for novice hurdlers. Um, Charlie, is anything lining up in this has impressed you this season? Um, another, I was really taken with Embassy Gardens last time and only uh, beat trees. Um, but Goodness me, for the step up to you know to, to nearly three miles for the first time, I did think that was highly impressive. It's not. I, I don't know if this may be more Al, um, Al's bag than, than my my own, but the, the Albert Bartlett really is is very rarely a race that gets my sort of uh, blood uh, blood up. I must say, um, but this year, if if you, having had a look again at the racing this week. I, I was more impressed with that. Corbett's Cross, you know, you know is is um, there's a horse running at Wincanton tomorrow off a racing of 117, I think, who beat Corbett's Cross in a in a point to point in his sole point to point one of John Joe O'Neill's. Um, goodness me, this thing's improved since then to win over two miles last time. Yeah, it must be with with them. Why did he run over two miles last time? Do you think? You'd have to ask. You'd have to ask connections. They must have thought the timing of the race was perfect. They must have wanted to try and see if he's, you know, if he got that speed as well. Yeah. And the fact that he, he he did win is is you know, and and that that's why we know he got you know, he got three miles on his penultimate, uh, penultimate start. You know, he's a worthy favourite. But I really liked, and <clears throat> I, I've um, I, I made a note of when the RSA prices RSA. Sorry, you can tell old fuddy duddy. When the prices come out for the Brown Advisory next season, I really do think that this Embassy Gardens might be one for that. He's a fine, fine stamp of a horse and chasing type. But um, again, he would be one for me. In, in but what is not a strong recommendation? Yeah, Alan, do you, have you got one penciled in for the Albert Bartlett? Yeah, I must admit the Albert Bartlett isn't my favourite race at the festival. Um, I mean, you only have to look the last. If you look at the last nine winners. The, av the average starting price is over 20 to 1. Mm. It's just a, it's just such a... Uh, I always view the Alva Bartlett as a play-spot busting race <laughs> because there's always a chance of getting three outsiders in the frame there. Yeah. Um, I, I must admit I was impressed by Corbett's cross. I thought the horse of Gordon Elliott's that had beat last time uh, was pretty decent as well. But the fact it was two miles... Um, but after the race, I think Emmett Mullen said that the, they would probably bypass Cheltenham, go to Aintree with it. But since then, it's been bought by J.P. McManus, which has obviously changed plans. Um, again, I think I think Corbett's Cross is a decent horse. 
I can see it making up into a decent chaser, but it's not a race I want to get involved in. I think, you know, it'll probably go to another outsider, but yeah. whatever their outsider is, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just want to flag up um, Monty Starr. I'm not, I don't know 100% if he is going for a race, but he beat the world touted uh, Hidden Valley Lake at Clonmel. Um, yeah, I was with that, Joe. It, uh, it, it was getting seven pounds off the, the other um, De Bromhead horse, but I was quite, after watching that race, I thought that will have a fair chance in the Albert Bartlett. Yeah, like I, I thought, like, I've got written now, like he still, he still looked really babyish to me um, in the closing stages, um, just sort of encouraged to go past in the end. Um, I've got like written down, sure to improve from that. Um, but again, I don't know, Charlie. Have you heard if he's going for the race? I don't know. No, it, again, it, it's it's not it's not a race that has just floats my boat either. And as a result, I I haven't had a bet in yeah. the race. I'm highly unlikely um, to have a bet in the race. But it is one when you think you 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 monkfishes as well, and it, it can throw up. You know, I think Manila Indo. It can throw up. A, you know, a really good, and, and it's one that I look for for next season. Hence, why I will be looking at it with a view to um, Embassy Gardens and what I think is a potential uh, novice chaser next season. Yeah, was this the race? Manila Indo was like a fifty to one winner. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And then I think last year the night the nice guy. I think that was that was double figures as well. I think. Yes, it was state to one. I think yeah. Yeah, so it could be um, a good race to have a each way bet in. Um, right, so we're gonna we've also got the county hurdle, the fox hunters, the mares chase, and the Martin Pike. Um, do you want to touch on any of them races, uh, Charlie? I'll come to you first for this. Uh, the county hurdle, fabulous, fabulous race. Um, Gene Coco, if it gets um, if it gets a run, uh, I think he's got the uh, Harry Fry horse. He's got a, a number to come out. Um, it will be touch and go, but if, if he gets a run, I would be very keen on that. Also keen on Pembroke as well of Dan Skelton's, who I think will get a run. In the Hunter Chase, I'd love uh, Christie to win. He's got three in it. It looks as if Forsley is going to win, uh, going to be his only contender. That means he'll probably have something for the Horse and the Hound Cup at Stratford and the Aintree Fox Hunters. But the one that's interesting me most is a British horse, and that's famous Clermont. In that, and I think Jack Barber, William um, Biddick will will ride that. I, I've been very, very taken with that. If he can avoid a, a serious mistake, and he did run a Cheltenham last year in the Hunter Chase meeting and ploughed his way through a couple uh, before he pulled up, but he's improved his jumping subsequently. I think he's very, very, you know, he's got big each way possibilities. Uh, I actually think the penultimate race of the festival, the Mers Chase, is one of the most fascinating races of the thing. I think Impervious has done very, very little wrong uh, against Allegori Davasi, who is this monster of a horse. But will she jump right? Um, I, I, I think it's between the two of them. I wouldn't. Uh, I, I, I think Allegori Davasi is the best. Um, is the better horse. I think both of them are carrying a penalty, which slightly muddies the waters. But I honestly think this is a. A fabulous race. And in the, the last race, if Compron can't get into the Coral Cup, then he'll probably run in the Martin Pipe. There's a couple I've got in the Martin Pipe. I've shortlisted it to um, Imagine Compron, Irish Hill, and Three Car Brag. Three Car Brag is, is, is a horse that that's in the um, Albert Bartlett 
but there's a, Elliot may leave that and he's in looking, he's got it entered in everything, the Eurovision Song Contest, everything. But do, do have a look at Three Card Brag as well. But I, I, I love the last day uh, of the meeting, certainly the Martin Pipe as well. And Martin Pipe, goodness me, it's thrown up some good winners recently um, when you think about it in, um, in, in recent years. Yeah, I think the Martin Pipe is one of the, the, the biggest betting races of the entire year. So, Alan, I think we should get your, if you do have a selection in that race, we'll start with that, actually. Uh, I haven't really. I mean, the, the one that um, the one that I sort of picked out early stages was um, was the Langadan, the one of uh, Dan Skelton's. Yeah, which, uh, it, I think it was. Um, didn't it run into Gallican Duchamp in the race a couple of seasons ago? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's been trained for the race um, this year. Uh, it will be on the shortlist um, <clears throat> together with Irish Hill, which has just hit a, a rich vein of form now. But um, I must admit that the Martin Pipe isn't one of my favourite races. Um, I'll reserve judgment on that until neither the time. Yeah. Um, I'm more confident of the county hurdle, I think. Um, I mean, the same opinion as um, as Charlie in that the watching the Great Wood back in Cheltenham's November meeting there. As soon as the race had finished, I, I wrote down Gin Coco, uh, Betfair Hurdle, County Hurdle. Um, watching that race again, the, there was very few horses coming from the back at Cheltenham's uh, November meeting. Gin Coco was one of the few that did it moved into to chase uh, I like to move at home and um, it seems to be following the same route as what Dan Skelton's done in the past uh, run, runs a horse in the, the Great Wood and then give it a break bring it back for the county hurdle and um, as Charlie said it requires a bit of luck it's number 48 at the moment so you know it needs quite a few to drop out yeah, but uh, it's it's definitely on for me in the county hurdle. If it didn't get in, I think if one are coming out, are going to come out of that though. So you might you might have a chance. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think it'll be touch and go. You know, yeah. there will be quite a few come out. Um, I mean, the other one which I think is pretty much the forgotten horse is Sharjah. Um, I mean, you're talking about the horse that's runner up in two champion hurdles. Um, you know. It, it's arguable that the mere seven-pound allowance cost at those races. Um, I mean, it's obviously it's a bit like honeysuckle in a way, and that it's not as good as it was. But it now gets into the county hurdle of I think it's a mark of one five five. Um, it hasn't been running badly this season. Um, I just think it's there was forget the one of um, Willie Mullins off a few years ago. It was a very similar horse, a graded hurdler who absolutely hacked up in the county hurdle. I think it took the lead about two out, looked as though it had just jumped into the race. I think Sharjah could be something similar to that. Um, I mean, it's got such a good record at Cheltenham, and I think off a mark of 155, it could just be different class. Um, that's my two in the county hurdle anyway. Yeah. What, regards, what price is Sharjah? Sharjah's about 12s, and um, Jim Cork goes around about 9s, I think, 9s, 10s. Oh, was that a, that was Arctic Fire, wasn't it? You you saying about that won I, it? I don't think it was Arctic Fire. Um, I mean, he, he did win it with that as well. Uh, Wicklow Brave. Wicklow Brave, yeah. Wicklow Brave, yeah, that's the one. 
Yeah, yeah. I remember it about two out. It, it looked as though they just joined in the race. Um, Twenty-five minutes as well. Yeah. Wow. But uh, as regards the fox hunters, I mean, I I'd, I backed um, Ferns Lock at twelve to one. Uh, none runner no bet. That was before it um, it beat Billaway by twenty lengths at Thurls. I think I think it's it's the future star of the hunter chase uh, regime. Um, I mean, it's it's done beating in four races, two point to points, two hunter chase. It looks absolutely outstanding. The only thing is, it's only a six-year-old, and um, David Christie is unlikely to um, to give it such a big test at this time in its career, especially with having both the favourite Varselette and Winged Leader. Um, I mean, he said he's he's more likely to run it this weekend in a point to point, I think, rather than go for the. But I mean, he could change his mind. I mean, it's you know it's about four to one now with a run for me. If if Fernslock runs in the Fox Hunt, as it wins, um, I can see it sort of dominating this division for the next couple of seasons. Um, if it doesn't run, I mean, they've got Varselette as um, as favourite. I would prefer his other one, Winged Leader. Uh, again, it's not guaranteed to run, but for me, it's it's got the better form of the two. I mean, it should have won the race last year, I think. I think he just went for home a bit too soon. Yeah. Got caught in the dying strides by uh, Billaway. Um, done absolutely nothing wrong since then. I mean, it's around about six to one. If if it was to go for it, that would be my my choice. But as as I see a Ferns lock for me, could dominate this division for the next couple of years. Yeah. Uh, right, so to end the podcast, we're going to round off with uh, our bet of the meeting. Any horse, any day. Um, we just want one uh, from each of you, and I'll put mine across as well. Um, Alan, with come to you. What's your best bet at the 2023 Cheltenham Festival? Best bet is Edward Stone in the championship. I just, just think that Tingle Creek victory was one of the best performances by a two-miler in recent years. The form's worked out, even though Granatine uh, didn't advertise the form. It wasn't its form in the, the game spirit last time. But third was Shishkin. Look what it's done since then. Fourth was Gallopin de May. It's won a grade one since then. Um, I just think if Shishkin's in the same kind of form as it was at Sandown, the others are just playing for second place. Um, and Charlie, what's your best bet? <clears throat> Lucia in the Mare's Novice Hurdle. For Nicky Henderson um, yeah. before goes to entry. Uh, and then I'll just put mine across. I really like Jerry Colomb uh, for the Brown Advisory on the Wednesday. Um, still around seven to four. Uh, the ground looks like it's going to be perfect. Um, the Silly Isles was obviously run over a shorter trip than was ideal. And the ground was quicker as well. Uh, we've touched on this, but Balco Coastal, uh, fresh solo. Obviously, that horse won impressively. The form stacks up. Um, and I think Jerry Colomb, I've actually... I actually looked this morning at his price for next year for the Gold Cup, and he's 14 to 1. Um, if we keep uh, getting this rain and he ends up winning the uh, Brown Advisory, um, it'd be interesting to see what that price is for next year. So that could be worth looking at. Um, I think he's got a bottomless engine. I think there's lots to like about him. Uh, so that's everything from us. Uh, two episodes on the Cheltenham Festival. Uh, thank you for listening, and I hope you've enjoyed uh, the insight from our team. Uh, good luck to those having a better than meeting. And the last thing to say is a big thank you to both of my guests uh, for the shows. Uh, Alan, thanks very much for joining us and good luck with your selections. Okay, thanks a lot, Joe. And Charlie, thanks for your time and all the best next week.
Cheers, Joe. Cheers, Al. Thank you. Good luck, lads. Don't forget, you can read the thoughts of Alan and Charlie throughout the festival on freebets.com and you can check out my selections on getyourtipsout.co.uk. Thanks for listening and make sure you enjoy the greatest week of the season. Good luck. Thank you.